Peace and blessings. The Black Coffee Podcast. The Black Coffee Podcast. The Black Coffee Podcast. Yeah. The Black Coffee Podcast. Ah. So cool you did this one, man. Yeah. Black Coffee. Black Coffee. Oh, power to the people. Here we beat my fist. Twice the ball of what they call him. James Allen, Mr. No Assist. Elevate the masses. Step in my objective. No, no quit. Through the pot, let's take a sip. They taking shots, we taking trips. Pilot vision, you and I ain't mission. Just to be specific. Got enough soul to not fly spirit. Got enough soul to keep y'all lifted. Follow my role and keep it spiritual. This be the ritual. Bless my coffee, hold the cream. I check one, two, eight. Here we go. This is that window down low. Turn me up. It don't matter what we talking. Just as long as it's black coffee. Yeah. This is that windows down low. Turn me up. It don't matter what we talking. Just as long as it's black coffee. Uh, this be that black coffee podcast. Black coffee podcast. Black coffee. Hey, hold the cream. This be that black coffee podcast. Black coffee podcast. Black coffee. Hey, hold the cream. Yeah. You and I world. Welcome to the Black Coffee Podcast. I am your host, James Allen. James Allen. The Black Coffee Podcast. Your safe haven for education and spiritual liberation. Hashtag power to the people. And long, and long live the ancestors. Hey, hold the cream. Yeah. Hey, hold the cream. All right, all right, all right. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for that. Thank you, thank you, thank you for that. All right. I bring peace and blessings to listeners all over the world. Thank you for tuning to the Black Coffee Podcast. You could be doing anything else with your time right now. But you are here with me. And I just want you to know that I greatly appreciate that. Today's episode is brought to you by Goat Behavior Pearl. For those that create their own path to define their own greatness. Move different, behave different. So get your behavior right with Goat Behavior Pearl. And that's at Goat Behavior Pearl dot com all right i would like to thank all the fans for listening to the black coffee podcast we have continued to maintain our top 15 percentile in all of podcasts in this united states of america by downloads it's going really good i'm really excited about the podcast and how far it has come maintaining the top 15 percentile is really really good Really, really great when you're talking about numbers in podcasts. And I just want to thank all the fans. I want to thank all the fans, all the listeners, all the supporters of the Black Coffee Podcast. We are built to last and we're going to keep on going really, really strong. All right. We have a new look here on the Black Coffee Podcast, ladies and gentlemen. We will now be recording at the 119 Media Group studio led by Jamel Lied. Lied. Yeah, I said that right. Yeah, I did. Led by Jamel Lied. Um, really good brother. Really good dude. Really good advocate in the black community. Excited to work with him. Excited to be in his studio. Excited for all the things that he's going to bring to the table. So with that being said, Mel, let's get it. Episode 24, Stop Calling Me Racist. All right, Mel, everything is mindset. When I was processed, when I was in the process of making this episode, I reverted back to a conversation I had with one of my kids. 
in this particular conversation, Mel, I asked her, will there be any white people there at this event she was telling me about? And she immediately said, daddy, that was racist. And I said to her, I kept telling her, uh, that's not racist. So after numerous times of trying to explain to her that that's not a racist statement, I figured it was really time to have this conversation of stop calling me racist. And the reason why, because a lot of us don't know what the word actually means or actually know when we're using it in this correct content or context, should I say. So that's what we're going to do today. We're going to stop calling blacks or me in general. Stop calling me racist. And I'm going to explain why. All right. So, and we're going to break that down into three parts today, Mel. Prejudice versus racism. How I was raised to be prejudiced. And then we're going to finish off with the effects of racism. All right. So, prejudice versus racism. Now, to in order to understand what we're talking about in this podcast, we have to define the words. So prejudice is preconceived opinion that is based on reason or actual experience. Let me say that one more time. So it's a preconceived opinion, opinion, not a fact. OK, it's a preconceived opinion that is not based on reason or actual experience, which means it's not a fact. And racism is discrimination on antagonist, antagonism directed against a person or people on the basis of their membership in a particular racial or ethnic group. Meaning racism stops another group of people from advancing. That's what racism is. So getting into this, black people cannot be racist in a sense in the essence of how america was built i just don't see how racist or racism can be tied to black people in some ways we're going to get into that now now and all of this is based on the idea that your own race is superior i don't think mel I wake up in the morning and I'm going to tell my son, hey, you're a strong black man. Go to school, get good grades. Hey, but our race is the second best. <laughs> Who's going to say that? Whether you're Asian, whether you're black, white, whatever you want to call yourself, no one is going to put their race or their culture second. They're just not going to do that. All right. So everyone, in my opinion, and I'm going to prove this with a little bit of data today. Well, I ain't going to say data, but it's just some facts. Everyone is prejudiced. Everybody has a prejudice side to them. So what do you mean by that? So if and I want everybody who's listening to this to answer this question inside of your head. If you walked in a room full of white people, what would be your first thought? And, it, uh, and to be fair, and if you're white, if you walked into a room full of black people, what would be your first thought? Take a second and think about that. I know mine would be, um, 
<laughs> which one of these white people don't like me? Who's going to be looking at me funny? Who's going to racial profile me? We're going to talk about that later too as well. So what will be your thought? That's preconceived. You preconceiving a thought because you walked into a room full of people that's not of your ethnicity. So I ask this one question and I always ask this. So where was the prejudice mindset when Dylan Roof walked into an all black church with the trench coat and shot up black people that was actually praying for him? Now, I tell you this, let my black self walk into a church full of white people. Oh, they're going to be looking at me funny. I would get racial profiled. But, you know, blacks, we always have this kumbaya and this feeling of love and let's pray for him. Oh, maybe this white guy comes in here. Maybe he needs help. And then he just killed everybody in a prayer meeting. Because they didn't act on prejudice mindsets. They just didn't. Now, getting to the root of the word uh, racist or racism, uh, the the Oxford English Dictionary first recorded the word racism in 1902, and it was coined by Richard Henry Pratt. And it was off the backs of kill the Indian, save the man. Now, if you want to talk about racism real quick and it comes to America, you have to start with Indians. That's racism. That was racist. That was America, Europeans coming over here and directly stopping another group of people from advancing that that's what racism is and so kill the indian save the man we're going to get into what that actually means later on mel but kill the indian and save the man basically saying take away his culture rip away everything from his culture but save whatever he has left so we can use that that's America. That's white people. That, that, that's just what it is. That's colonizing. That's what it is. So why is everything called racist? Oh, that was a racist statement. Oh, that was a racist. Oh, no, no. Why, why is all that? Majority of the comments are pretty prejudice. Okay. I wanted to know how many white people was going to be around my daughter so I can know I, you know, what, what's going to happen. You hear, I, I heard all the time, here all the time when, you know, when black people be around a lot of white people that, you know, they, they feel a certain way. Oh, some of them are my friends, but some of them are not my friends. And they, they may, you know, they may feel a certain way. So I wanted to know if my daughter was going to be uncomfortable. That's what I wanted to know, because you can rest assured that the white culture are doing the same thing to and for their kids. I have an example of that coming up later on. So why is it that way? So story, real quick story, uh, Mel. So my friend, I had a friend, I had a frat brother, and he was playing with a white guy. He actually went over to the white guy's house and it was playing the video game. And after the video game, you know, they played, he went home and the next day, the white guy told him that uh, you cannot come back over here anymore. My parents said that you can't come over here anymore. And he was really, really distraught about that. You know, they were really good friends. Okay. But prejudice 
and racism is what shape mindsets of generational people. So now that same person that my frat brother, well, he's my frat brother. My frat brother now, he teaches his kids. He looks at life through a prejudice and a racist lens because that was the situations. And that's how he, those are the, the situations that he was put in. So it shaped his mind now. And that's generational. And that's general, it just goes on and on and on like that. But we're the only ones black. When I say we, I mean blacks. We're the only one that falls for the peace. Oh, yeah. Peace. Everybody's at peace. Everybody's at love. Love one another. Love everyone. And which leads us very vulnerable to white man hidden prejudices and racist ways. Because we always so peaceful. And that's even going back to our history when it comes to Africa and everything. Uh, you know, we're going to talk about how white people stole the world, but we was trading with white people and they came over trading with them. We was, you know, hey, and then they figure out, hey, let's just go take it all. Let's just go steal it all from them. That's what Europeans did. That's how they stole the world. OK, so, so that mindset. That's the goal is getting inside that mindset. Yes, Dr. King woke up, but that mindset of peaceful protest poisoned black people's minds even to the day. Okay. Yes, he did wake up, but in Adelaide, and actually, Mel, he actually said later on, you know, that's I felt I, you know, led my people to a burning house. Yeah, you did. They told you it was nice and, and that's how they're going to make you feel. It's nice in here, it's peaceful, it's great. But it's really just to burn your race. Black and white people teach their kids through prejudice mindsets. That's just that's just what it is. Even Abraham Lincoln said. Now, Abraham Lincoln, Mel, if you look in older people's house, maybe not now, but in older people's house, they would have a picture of Abraham Lincoln. And why? Of course, because he was the catalyst of ending slavery, even though it was a business decision. It wasn't so much that he just all of a sudden just like black people now. No, it was a business decision. But even he said he's in favor of the white race being superior. And that's just how I, I know my race is superior because I know my history. So everybody's going to think their race or make an assumption or make a case that their race is superior. And you should. Why wouldn't you? My mother make the best macaroni and cheese. That's my mother. But, yeah, you say, but uh, I don't know, man. My mom makes some good macaroni and cheese, bro. <laughs> but get back to what he said. You know, his race is superior. That, that's, what he, that, that's what he's supposed to think. Now, white people, like I said, historically and in the West, they hold the power, so it doesn't seem that our race, and I'm talking about black people, it doesn't seem like we are uh, superior or we are or grand or black power, like we said. That's because, you know, historically, you know, in the West, you know, white people figured out how to, uh, you know, uh, steal the world. Let's just say that. They just forgot. That, that's just how it steal the world. Okay, so now racism was systematically installed for the demise of blacks and Indians in this country, okay? It was installed for blacks and other minority groups. It wasn't installed for white people. So stop calling, so stop calling white, stop calling black people racist. 
Stop it. Stop calling me racist. Mel, did you know that boarding schools across the nation was established to remove Native Americans from their culture and lifestyles to assimilate them into white man society? This is going back all the way into the early 1900s. It's systematically in stone. That's racism. To stop your group from advancing. We don't stop a group from advancing. We don't stop a group from advancing. Well, no, we don't stop a group from advancing. Now, when you talk about black power, because I do live in Atlanta and there's a lot of black establishments that probably will only hire black people. You got a black Wall Street, got a whole mall, all that good stuff. Yeah. So, you know, can 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 you say that, you know, we doing the same thing with, with the all black? Yeah, you may, but hey. Nah, eh, nah, you know, the, 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 yeah. So now I'm a, here's a, an example now of racism. We get ready to go to break, but here's a, a, a great example of racism. June 6th, a jury found a 61 year old man, Harry Nelson of the National Christian Resistance Movement, guilty of high treason. He was recruiting people to commit attacks and indictment of carrying out violent attacks against the black community. Guess how he was doing this? He was to try and supply black, excuse me, so trying to supply bad water in the black community. <laughs> yeah. He got together a group of people, individuals who taught out, who thought out ways, excuse me, who thought out ways that a biological weapon can affect to kill black people and try to instill it in the water in the black community. Now, this was in South Africa, by the way. This was in South Africa. And we, are, we all know how racist South Africa is. Okay? South Africa. So that's racism. Me asking my daughter how many white people is going to be around you at this event is not racism. It's not racist. That's the so understand when someone is calling you racist, what racist is now. That's racism. Okay. But all right, ladies and gentlemen, coming up, we're going to talk more about this subject. And we're going to talk about how culture influences prejudice behavior. That and more coming up on the Black Coffee Podcast. And I am your host. Black Coffee Podcast. Black Coffee Podcast. Black Coffee Podcast. Yeah. Black Coffee Podcast. The next segment is brought to you by Swagology Clothing. The Swagology brand is designed to inspire you to connect with your true self and inspire others to take care of their own mental health. So be your true self and swag out with us at Swagology Clothing. Welcome back. Welcome back to the Black Coffee Podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, I am your host, James Allen. All right. Now, Mel, we're going to talk about the effects of racism. Now, when you talk about the effects of racism, no, you know what? Excuse me. I skipped over that. We're not going to talk about the effects of racism. We're going to talk about how I was raised to be prejudiced. Mel, 
you know, I, I don't I don't like to call my mother out, but I have to because she is one of the catalysts to uh, the reason why my mindset is the way it is. One of the things she used to say to me, and I want to know if you ever heard this one before, man. If you can't use the same comb, if she can't use the same comb as I do, don't bring her home. If she can't use the same comb as I do, don't bring her home. I'm sorry, mom. You know, I love you to death. I appreciate it. But it was the experience. You got to understand the root of what my mother comes from. Yes, we're from New Jersey, but her family is from Latta, South Carolina. So, oh, South Carolina. Okay. So she's heard stories about how her grandparents and her parents were treated in the dirty South. Okay. And I want us to understand. Okay. I want us to understand that. When we're talking about the South and we're talking about slavery, slavery was not that long ago. It wasn't. So if you're talking about a couple generations before me, you can imagine. Don't you, if you can't use the same comb, don't bring her home with me. That is a prejudiced mindset, mom. But parents teach through experience. That, that's, just, that's just it. Parents teach through experiences. Now, I will say this, and I've said this before, Mel, and I'm going to say it one more time. White people dinner tables are way different from black people dinner tables. White people have a clever way of preaching hate while we preach togetherness. They preach hate, but they preach it to the way that they teach their kids how to mask it. I got a great example for you, Mel. George Floyd. After the George Floyd situation, that, that is one of the biggest uprises of blacks that I have ever seen in this America since I've been on this world, in this world for the last 40 years. A lot of people rose to the top, you know, because I guess just seeing someone dying, that just made people very upset. However, that's not where I'm going with this. It was the comments that was made on Facebook that showed white people's hand during the time. So I had a friend of mine. She went to school with a lot of white people. She played volleyball with a lot of white people. And she thought, well, they probably were friends, but she thought they were close friends. But she was reading some of the comments that they were making in defense of their culture, of their white culture. She was reading some of the comments and she was really taken aback. She was hurt. She came to me, oh, James, I thought we was friends. We played volleyball together. We won championships together. But what you don't know is when she went home, she was taught a different way. They don't preach all that togetherness. No, they teach their children that there are inferior people out there besides them. Black people are inferior. That's what they teach. That's what they teach their kids. Black people are inferior and you're superior. It ain't gonna come out on the volleyball court. It ain't gonna come out on the basketball court. 
it comes out in different ways. And she was really, really, really taken aback. I really felt sorry. I really felt bad. That changed a lot of things. But you know what? It changed a lot of things in a good way because once that happened, then you start to understand, you start to appreciate your culture a little bit more. You start to you start to research, you start to understand and stop trying to just um, be a whole melting pot. That's all America is anyway, is the whole melting pot. But moreover, so uh, I don't think that would ever go away. I don't think that would ever go away. I, I just I, I feel like that's going to always be pre. And, and I'm going to give you an example. No one on this earth, I think I feel comfortable saying this. No one on this earth was born during slavery time. I don't, I, I don't think nobody's 150-something years old. Mel, you help me out. I don't know. Don't think so. But white people still carry the Confederate flag. Those are rebels. They went against the American way. Let's just say that. I don't want to say constitution because I don't know if it was actually. Well, yeah. Well, yeah, the constitution. They, they, they went against the union. They were rebels. Why are y'all carrying that flag? Y'all wasn't even around then. Y'all wasn't even born. You know, why are you still carrying it? Why? Because it's in your generational heritage. The Confederate flag is, is, is a part of, it's a part of white history. And they understand that. But moreover, you know, Mel, this one is kind of hard for me because, you know, we, when we talk about being raised, you have, you have to talk about teachers because kids go to school and teachers are often they're unprepared to teach classes with a diversity of people in it. It just is. And I'm tell you the main reason why, Mel, this is important because even if you're teaching, you're still going to teach from a prejudice mindset. You're not going to walk into a class and say, uh, yeah, uh, the white people are superior, and you're a black teacher. But you have different cultures inside of your classroom. Now, I'm going to talk more about that, but real quick, of course, everybody know I am a teacher. I teach in the black community. Now, that's by my choice. That's my choice. That's what I want to do. I want to teach in the black community. But do I teach from a prejudice mindset? Absolutely. I do. I do. I teach U.S. history the way it's supposed to be taught. Absolutely. But do I put a little bit more emphasis on emphasis? If I said that word right, I don't know if I said that word right. I got it right. OK, cool. I put a little bit more emphasis. On my culture. I'm going to build that black girl up. Because she's black, I'm going to build that black man up, black boy up because he's black. Yeah, that, 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 that's just the way it is. Even if I even when I was teaching amongst other cultures. I still put a little something extra in there for my black kids. So it's, it's, it's very hard. It's very hard. I get it. I got an example of something a kid asked me, actually. But that comes through a little bit of microaggression. Write this word down, ladies and gentlemen. Black Coffee Podcast. Microaggressions. OK, microaggressions is. Is, is an insult or other times it's an, an, a comment or a gesture. Comment, gesture, or insult. And it's, sub, it's, it's subtle and it's intentional and it's a bias towards their group of people. For example, 
if you say, uh, oh, I know she's smart because she's Asian. Well, what you trying to say? I'm not smart because I'm black. <laughs> it, it's a bias towards your own race. I always say, uh, you know, black people are the best at blase, blase, whatever. It's a bias. Everybody had it. Now, getting back to that student. Now, I was, I was teaching a class, and I teach U.S. history. It depends on what grade it is. They break up the curriculum. I'm a social studies teacher, so they break up the curriculum in different grades. So fifth grade was U.S. history, so I talked a lot about civil rights. I talked a lot about U.S. history. And, of course, I had to throw a lot about the black experience in there. We talked about, uh, we also talked about the World War, so we talked a little bit about Germany. Make a long story short, this Asian, this Asian student of mine, he looked at me, he said, uh, Mr. Allen, you, we always talk about white history, we talk about black history. Are we ever going to talk about my history? Are we ever going to talk about my history? I said, wow. And that lets me know, you know, am I prepared to teach on a diversity level? Now, of course, I did. I, I, I broke into Asian history and, and it, it was fine. I got, I, you know, I, I, I know it's history, too. Of course, I'm a history teacher. But it just made me really it, it, that was the first time, Mel, that I had to look at myself and I said, wow. You, you, you got to get it together. So do white people get racially profiled? That's a question. Ask yourself that, Black Coffee Podcast. Do white people get racially profiled? Hmm. You all, of course, all we know black men do, okay? You walk around in stores and you, you get on the elevator and people clutch their purses and it's, it's a, it's a, that's prejudice, okay? That's prejudice. That's not racist. You're a racist. No, it's prejudice. You have it preconceived in your mind that this person may do something for me. And you know what? While we even talking about that, let's go ahead and talk about uh, being prejudiced, clutching your purse, or, you know, just when you see a black person, you know, just like, oh, man. well, you know what? White people are really scared to some degree. And it comes about knowing your history. White people are scared of that vengeance, that black uprising. It's like being around a bunch of people. They understand that a bunch of people are angry. And when I say bunch of people, I'm talking about black people. Are angry for what they have, for what white people has done to us. A lot of people don't let that slide. You know, they, they, they may keep it on the surface, keep it cool, but the same way their white people are passing down their history, it's the same way black people are passing down their history too as well. And it's a vengeance there. It's a, it's a vengeance. Racism is Tulsa, Oklahoma. Black Wall Street, when Black Wall Street was burnt down, that was the first time in American history that airplanes actually bombed on surface, bombed the surface in America, was on black people. That's racism. That's stopping them from advancing. They was not racist. Black people wasn't racist. They still ain't. You can't, you, you, it wasn't stopping another group from advancing. They was trying to advance themselves. So who's really racist? Racism develops that prejudice, that prejudice mindset, of course, like I said. Now, here's the thing. Now, oftentimes people are uh, people of color, black people, let's just say, 
are often asked to, with the task of teaching white people the black experience, telling them how it feels to be racial pro, racially profiled or or how it feels to be watched all the time when you're going in stores and you just they feel like you're stealing and you got a whole bunch of money in your pocket. And you don't have no intentions of stealing. I want to know how it feels to be riding around in a car. You have license. You have insurance. Everything is good on a car. And you still feel scared. They want us to teach white people how it feels. And I don't know, I don't know if that's actually going to work. And the reason why is it's almost like it's... Yeah, what, Y'all know your history and our history just as good as everyone. So, yeah, while you may not understand how it feels to be in a predicament as a black person, you know what's going on. You definitely know what's going on. So I don't know if that's going to work. I have another example about that with school coming up later on, but I don't know if that's going to work. You know, bias can make it hard for people with different backgrounds to become friends. That's just... It is. And it is. I, you know, I, I one example of this, you know, I have a friend and he married a white woman. And their conversations are so different when they're around each other's families. Because as much as he wants to, you know, talk about his race as a dominant race. He feels inferior when he's around white people. And especially when you gotta have, you have to call them your family because you're actually married to a white woman. So I, I got, I had, I had a guest on here. Uh, man, I think it was episode seven, and he was an Indian Muslim, and he was dating a white girl, and he said it is on wax. This episode seven. And it's on wax. He said, I had to leave her because she was slowly but surely taking me away from my culture. Wow. Taking me away from her. He had, he had, and he said that's the first time that he, had, he has ever felt delivered. <laughs> felt delivered. Yeah. Felt delivered. So sometimes, you know, even like relationships, friends, it's hard because, you know, different biases. Like I said, no one is going to say their race or their culture is just not the best. Who's going to do that? Uh, you know, that that develops a, a, a submissive mind. We all blacks have a submissive mindset. OK, that just that we, we, we have a submissive mindset and that submissive mindset has been taught to us. Well, what do you mean about that, James? How a submissive mindset been taught to me, James? Well, like I said, talk to old people. They'll tell you. Don't look on the same direction as white people. Don't look them in the eye. When you see them walk another direction. This is what our black people used to actually tell. Their kids. The submissive. No, just, just, just yield to them. That's what they had to do. Now, we're going to go to break. Now, but before we go to break, we're going to ultimately talk about how children view racism here in America. In a study, we have some data mail. In a study, 
It said children ages 6 to 11 who have surveyed report or people, surveyed people in the United States have been, are treated unfairly on the basis of race. Hmm. Found that 86% of children from the, excuse me, 86% of children from the ages of 6 to 11 have surveyed people in the United States that are being treated unfairly. Now I had this, I was like, I had this friend, but I was working with this white girl one time. Um, um and she said, uh, and now she really wasn't, I, I'm not going to say she was a racist or she, I'm not gonna say she wasn't prejudiced because I think, like I said, everybody had that mindset, but she didn't, she don't necessarily like the discrimination or the, the, the racism that was acted towards black people. And she said when she was young, she asked her mother when she was going through school and learning about slavery and everything. She asked her mother, why was they doing that to them people? Why? What was going on? What, what, what is so bad? They are people. So, yeah. So ages six to 11, six to 11, that's how young, 86%, they witness it. Now, uh, University of, uh, real quick, real quick, Mel. University of Maryland program. Now they develop this, it's this youth, youth develop inclusive program. And it's an eight week program for elementary school students in the third through fifth grade. Students log into an online curriculum tool and watch social exclusion scenarios among animated group of characters. So they basically, they make it, more visible, uh, more you know, creative for kids to watch. And they have, you know, scenarios about social situations, about social, about, about social, social justice situations. And this is a way they try to get into kids and try to help them understand, you know, what not to do or what to do or how to deal with racism or prejudice when it comes your way. And I think it's good. I, I do think it's good, you know, and that, that's been a, a that's been a hot topic these days. Should we talk about racism in classes and schools? Hmm. Should we? That, that, that's been a, a, a big situation. So I think that's OK. Will that help, though? Hmm. Only time will tell. Coming up, ladies and gentlemen, we're going to talk about the effects of racism. Now we're going to get to the effects of racism. That and more coming up on the Black Coffee Podcast. And I'm your host, James Allen. Podcast. Black Coffee Podcast. Black Coffee Podcast. Black Coffee Podcast. Yeah. Black Coffee Podcast. Black Coffee Podcast. Black Coffee Black Coffee Podcast. Black Coffee Podcast. Black Coffee James Allen. All right, Mel. Last segment, the effects of racism. Now, when we talk about the effects of racism, we got to start with J Jim Crow laws. <laughs> I mean, can we not start there? There was a collection of state and local uh, laws that legalized racial, racial segregation. The laws existed for uh, about 100 years from post-Civil War, that's 1865, to 1968. Did you hear that, Mel? 1968. Laws in place for the demise of black people, 1968. Wow. I mean, my mother was born in 1961. So I guess that's why you understand why she developed that mindset. Well, 
well, yeah, develop that mindset in me. Might as well say. Okay? They were meant to marginalize African Americans by denying them the right to vote, hold jobs, get an education, and other opportunities. Now, why are you talking about this, James? Jim Crow laws was a long time ago. No. The effects of it is still seen today. I can make an argument that black people, some black people, and I know a white person will agree with me, and some black, a lot of black people will agree with me too, are still walking around lost. They're in a generation of lost people. Yeah, a generation of lost people. One study, one study found, okay, that African Americans and doctoral students, doctoral African American students, and recent and recent PhD graduates, they reported being treated rudely and disrespectfully within the last year. Now, this is 40% of 174 African-American doctoral students and recent PhD graduates. And the reason why I'm bringing this up because that is the highest level of education that you can get, ladies and gentlemen. You can't get no more than a PhD. And even at that level, 40% still feel like they're still being racially discriminated against. And I say that because, you know, take a white person to an HBCU. Do they get racially discriminated at HBCU? Nah, I can't. I, you know, it was only a couple of them there when I, when I was actually at my HBCU. So is that, is that, is that possible? How is that? Why is that? Another effect of racism is blacks getting denied housing. That's racism. That's stopping a generational of people from keeping a generational house in the family. That's, that's racism. African-Americans, courtesy of uh, COVID-19, according to Zillow, the online real estate firm, just found that mortgage denied rates was 84% high, 84%, excuse me, higher for black applicants than white applicants in 2020. Also, according to Zillow, about 20% of black Americans who applied for mortgage in 2020 were turned down. That was the highest denial rate for any racial or ethnic group in comparison to Zillow reported with 10.7% of white applicants were denied loans in that same span. That's racism. Stopping a group of people from advancing. Do black people stop a white people from getting housing, from advancing? No. The one mistake we made, and that's black people going all way, 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 way back. We didn't build any armies. And Europeans stole the world. America was built off racism against black people, not against white people. Okay? And it makes us scared to work with each other. Because they feel like we can't advance. I mean, Mel, I don't know how many times I've been somewhere and they're like, oh, it's not, this might not be official because I don't see no white people around. Yeah. If white people are not around, it's not official. That's prejudice. That's preconceived. But it's the racist thoughts of whites 
that instills that into black people. But to be where we are today, I would say that black people are very resilient. Why? Because to, if you look at where we are today and everything that I just explained that we actually went through, especially when it comes to Jim Crow laws, I mean, I don't have to explain it. I mean, you just see it. And for us to still be highly educated in political offices, you know, but even though we already knew we had, we meaning black people, we already had these capabilities. But to see where we are now, in spite of, is a great feeling. It's a great thing. Real quick before we go. Have you ever, Mel, did you see that Madam C.J. Walker movie? Did you ever see that Madam C.J. Walker movie? If you ever seen that movie, I want you to look. In fact, you know, Black Coffee Podcast, you and I world. Go look up that movie, Madam C.J. Walker movie. Watch it. Look how black people were dressed. Now they didn't have their clothes hanging off their behind. Our black kids were wearing suits, wearing ties, wearing the hats. I don't know if I would have wore a hat, though, but they was wearing, you know, the nice hats. Why? Because that's what they saw. Kids imitate what they see. Now, after now, of course, now that Madam C.J. Walker movie, we're talking about the 20s, 30s, 1920s, 1930s. That's when they had the focus on black America because we was advancing. You hear that? You and I world. We was advancing too fast. 50 years removed from slavery and we already on, on a stock market and we trading and doing this and building up communities. That showed resilience in the black community. Now, of course, somewhere around the line, you know, that, that's a whole nother story. Somewhere along the line, you know, Things were implemented in our neighborhoods, and that's how we have it today. But we was on the right track until racist and racism or racist acts was implemented in the black community. Stop calling me racist and let black people get back to glory. That's all today, ladies and gentlemen. I hope you've enjoyed the show. Till next time. That's all today, ladies and gentlemen. I hope you've enjoyed the show. Till next time. Thank you for listening to the... That's all, ladies and gentlemen. Till next time. Thank you for tuning to the Black Coffee Podcast. I hope you've enjoyed the show. Till next time, ladies and gentlemen. Hope you've enjoyed the show. Thank you for tuning to the Black Coffee Podcast. And I am your host, James Allen. Black cup, black cup, huh? Oh. Power to the people. the people. Here we beat my fist. Twice the ball of what they call him, James Allen, Mr. No Assist. Elevate the masses, step in my objective, no, no quit. Through the pot, let's take a sip. They taking shots, we taking trips. Pilot vision, you and I ain't mission just to be specific. Got enough soul to not fly spirit. Got enough soul to keep y'all lifted. Follow my road and keep it spiritual. This be the ritual. Drink my coffee, hold a 
cream, I check one, two, eight, here we go. This is that windows down low, turn me up. It don't matter what we talking, just as long as it's black coffee, yeah. This is that windows down low, turn me up. It don't matter what we talking, just as long as it's black coffee, uh, This be that black coffee podcast, black coffee podcast, black coffee. They hold the cream. This be that black coffee podcast, black coffee podcast, black coffee. They hold the cream. Yeah, you and I world. Welcome, Welcome to the Black, Black Coffee, Coffee Podcast. Podcast. I am your host, James Allen. James Allen. The Black Coffee Podcast. Your safe haven for education and spiritual liberation. Hashtag power to the people. And long, and long live the ancestors. Hey, hold the cream. Hey, hold the cream.